Good morning. It's Monday, February 17th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Connor Tapp, and we're going to bring on Chris Hummer in a bit. But first, let's take a quick trip down memory lane. In 1999, when Lou Holtz made the surprising decision to come out of retirement to coach the South Carolina Gamecocks, he brought his son, Skip Holtz, with him to run the offense. The younger Holtz had been the head coach at UConn, which was just one year away from a jump from FCS to FBS. Although back then the subdivisions of D1 were called 1AA and 1A. So UConn goes out and hires Randy Edsel to be the man that replaces Skip Holtz and guides the Huskies into their new era of big boy football. And it goes really, really well. In 2003, UConn wins nine games, and in 2004, they're invited to join the Big East after Virginia Tech and Miami leave for the ACC. The Huskies go on to win a share of the Big East title in 2007 and 2010, earning an appearance in the 2011 Fiesta Bowl. But then Randy Edsel leaves for his doomed stint at Maryland, and UConn's fate ends up mirroring that of their departed head coach. There's another round of conference realignment in the early part of the new decade, and the Huskies are left on the outside of the Power Five looking in. The Big East stops sponsoring football, and so in 2013, the football-playing members of the Big East form the American Athletic Conference. The storied UConn basketball team comes with the UConn football team to the newly formed AAC, but the basketball team backslides into mediocrity in its post-Big East life. Randy Edsel comes back to coach the football team in 2018, but struggles to recapture the magic of his first run. So UConn decides to rejoin the Big East for basketball, but the AAC holds a hard line that they won't abide UConn outsourcing the sport it's good at to the Big East while keeping the sport it's bad at in the AAC. So, in August 2019, UConn announces that it will play football as an independent. And that pretty much catches you up to where we are today, with the Huskies coming off a historically bad 1-11 season and being absolutely ravaged by the transfer portal. All right, so I promised we'd bring in Chris Hummer, so let's do that now. So, Chris, how many players has UConn had enter the transfer portal? Uh, More than a full starting 22. They've had 26 in total since the transfer portal cycle turned over in the middle of October. But um, the eye-popping number is 25 since December 2nd. So uh, quite, quite a few UConn Huskies are looking for new homes. Wow. So are these important players, scrubs, a mix? What are we talking about here? It's a bit of a mix is what you'd expect. There's certainly a couple walk-ons mixed in. I'm not, I don't think anybody's trying to pretend like all 26 of those players were significant contributors, but there were um, four starters who played it in at least, or started at least half their team's games last season, including a couple of starting offensive linemen, Camden George and Nino Leon. Um, and then there's another, I believe five or six of them who played, who started at least two games last season. So of the 26, I would say at least 13 or so were at least significant contributors to the two deep or UConn's overall depth last season. And given that uh, UConn struggled on the field quite a bit uh, during a 2-10 and campaign, that is kind of a big deal to lose all that depth. So what do we know about why all of these players are leaving UConn? 
Yeah, I think the reasons vary for player to player, and it's difficult to kind of peg one person's opinion on the team. But I talked to two former UConn players, Cam DeGeorge, the offensive lineman I was talking about, who had been a three-year starter um, for the Huskies, um, told me he was looking for a fresh start. And he didn't want to get into it too much, but he did kind of admit that UConn's move to independent status next season and certainly factored into his decision. Um, UConn's moving away from the American Athletic Conference, moving to the Big East. Obviously, the Big East does not support Division I football or FBS football. And he told me that winning was huge for him and he'd rather be in a conference where he has that opportunity than an independent um, I also spoke to a different UConn player who wanted to remain anonymous um, due to his transfer process still being ongoing. Um, there's some sensitivity and certainly some um, coaching opinions that factor into that process, and I didn't want to uh, mess with him during that uh, kind of difficult time. But he told me that the move to independent status didn't really mess with him. He just kind of felt like Randy Etzel, who I believe is going into his fourth season, was really leaning on his guys. Like a lot of the guys who are in the portal were graduates or people who have been at UConn for a few seasons. And he felt like he wanted to go to a place where if he earned the playing time, he would get it, if that makes sense. Mm. So as this has been going on, has Randy Edsel addressed all of these transfers? Yeah, he had a, on National Signing Day, he had a pretty eye-raising quote, which I'll give you a segment of. I encourage everybody to go check out uh, the full context. But um, he was asked about uh, transfer portal players and potentially adding more. I'd rather go with uh, high school kids or junior college guys. Guys going into the portal, to me, they got issues. They got issues. That's why they're going into the portal. Sometimes these guys from the portal um, think that they're enabled and entitled to something. He walked those comments back later when uh, I believe the Hartford Journal followed up with him twice about it and kind of kept pushing him on the idea. But um, a couple of the players certainly took notice. The player who chose not to be named said he wasn't particularly surprised by the comments. that locker room, I think, had some of that back and forth between uh, Etzel and some of the upperclassmen at times, according to this player. I don't want to put that um, idea on the entire roster and how they feel. And George called it surprising, and he kind of declined to comment further. Chris Hummer covers college football for 24-7 sports and specializes in all things transfer portal. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For our guests, Chris Hummer and Trey Scott, and our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.